all right, all right. Okay, okay. What is up, everybody? It's LJ Talks Facts right here. Expensive Facts. Like always, of course, hope you guys are enjoying your Thursday afternoon. I'm doing pretty good. This is my AEW Dynamite review, the last Dynamite before Double or Nothing, but we still got AEW Rampage tomorrow. We have three matches for Rampage tomorrow. Usually it's four, but we got three tomorrow unless one gets added during the day tomorrow. Usually they do that with a, a live Rampage, so the next two Rampages will be live tomorrow and then next Friday. Pretty cool, to be honest. I do love Rampage when it's live. That's just That's just me, though. But uh, this is my AEW Dynamite review, and I want to let you guys know on Saturday, probably like Saturday morning, like late Saturday morning, I will be reviewing Rampage, <clears throat> excuse me, I'll be reviewing Rampage, and then making my double or nothing predictions. Looking forward to this Sunday, definitely looking forward to this Sunday, and of course, you know, I'll be making my round three predictions for the 2022 NHL Stanley Cup playoffs pretty soon, the second round's almost done, and of course, I'll make my predictions for the NBA Finals, the NBA Finals does start on June 2nd, which is next Thursday. So that day, that very day, I will make my NBA Finals predictions. Just want to let you guys know that right there. Let's not waste any more time. Let's review Dynamite. So the first match of the night, I was actually surprised that it wasn't the main event. Because everybody was saying it was going to be the main event. Even Sean Spears said it back on Rampage. The main event, you know, whatever. Wardlow versus Sean Spears inside of a solid steel cage with MJF as the special guest referee. And I gotta admit, though, we all knew MJF was gonna do his shenanigans in this match to try to, you know, not really in, not intimidate Wardlow, but try to get Wardlow to attack him. That's the goal right there, because you know, of course, if he, you know, if he lays his hands on MJF, he gets disqualified and he doesn't get the match. At a double or nothing. So it's like, okay, there's a lot of pressure on Wardlow right here because MJF is going to push his buttons to the max. And that's exactly what MJF did. You know, it was Wardlow got into the ring and, you know, he was looking for MJF to, you know, uncuff him because he had the handcuffs on. And MJF couldn't find the key. <clears throat> and then when the match started, you know, Sean Spears went after Wardlow, then MJF was attacking him. You know, and MJF spat on Wardlow, and then Wardlow eventually was able to get free of the handcuffs, not via key. He just ripped them off. I was like, holy shit. And you gotta admit right here, they have really done such a good job building up Wardlow. They seriously have. They have made this guy into a star. Because we know he's going to beat MJF on Sunday, because of course if he loses, he can't ever sign a contract with AEW. They're not going to have him be... MJF's personal servant and everything or bodyguard or whatever the fuck. He's going to beat MJF on Sunday. That's going to be the biggest win of his career so far. We already know that's coming. And I think Wardlow's going to get that monster push. I don't think he's going to get that world heavyweight title push. I think he will be TNT champion by the end of the year. Because he has to. He's got to win a championship. Like, are you going to give him the world title? I don't think he's ready for that just yet. Not yet. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people... Would love him to win the world title this year, but no, not yet. Not yet, not yet. It's a little too early. The TNT title, that's fine. That's perfectly fine by me. If you want him to be like a Miro type as TNT champ where he just destroys everybody like Miro did, or say if Miro comes back, he wins the TNT title, and then he drops to Wardlow, okay, that's fine. That's fine. That's perfectly fine. I mean, I, I doubt that's in their plans. Hopefully it is. That would be really nice. That's how I would do it. You know, whenever Miro comes back, let him bring, you know, relevancy back to the TNT title. No respect, you know, towards Scorpio Sky at all. They've booked him terribly as TNT champion. And it's not even his fault. It's the whole thing with Sammy. It's just, it's bad. They're trying to make Sammy the lovable baby face, you know. But no, they've made him an obnoxious baby face. People don't like him. He, him and Ty need to turn heel. That's just the thing. So I really feel bad for Scorpio Sky. I was happy for him when he won the title after Revolution because he deserved it. I was like, oh, wow, okay, there we go. This guy's worked his ass off his whole AEW career. He's main evented Dynamite. He main evented Dynamite with Chris Jericho. He was one half of the first ever World Tag Team title, uh, Champions with Frank Kazarian. You know, it's just he's been booked really terrible as TNT Champions. You know, they dropped it to Sammy, then he went back. 
and now the TNT title, the TNT title is destroyed. It's like, okay, come on. You need Miro to come in and say, okay, that's it. I'm bringing Revelancy back to this championship. And then he can drop it to war, though. That's perfect. That's the way to do it, honestly. That's just the way to do it. But back to this match right here. MJF did everything he could to get Warlow to attack him. He tried every trick in the book. Just wasn't working. Warlow is not budging. Warlow's a smart man. He knows what's at stake. He needs this match with MJF. He needs that AEW contract. And this could be the year of Warlow because he won the face of Revolution ladder match at Revolution. He's going to beat MJF this Sunday at double or nothing. What does all out hold for him? Whenever that's going to be, whether it's uh, late August or early September, what does all out hold for Mr. Mayhem Wardlow? We don't know. But it's got to be, it's got to be something big, honestly. It really does. It honestly has to be something big. And I think it will. I honestly think it will. Um... But here's the funny thing, though. After Wardlow got taken down, Sean Spears escaped the cage, but the rules with this steel cage match is you can't escape. If you escape the cage, you don't win. It's pinfall or submission inside the ring. If you escape, it means nothing. Like, I mean, it's like, okay, that makes it unique in a way, I guess. You know, I'm so used to cage match where you just you walk out, you win. But this one right here, no, you escape, you don't win. That, just make, that, makes, that makes it more... It makes it more like hell for Warlow in a way. He can just walk out. Oh, no, sorry. You don't win the match. You got to pin or make Sean Spears submit. Actually, before Warlow got taken down, before Sean Spears, you know, left the ring, Warlow was able to take down Sean Spears, went for a pin. MJF did not count. He went down for it, but he didn't count. He didn't count until Warlow got frustrated and then Sean Spears took him down. MJF hit him with a low blow. And then Spears grabbed the chair and he was going to go for a headshot on Wardlow. MJF was holding him. And Sean Spears missed because Wardlow escaped. And he gave MJF a headshot. And by God, did he sell that one. He completely sold that one. That was probably the best. I, mean, I don't know if I would say it's the best sell of MJF's career. But man, can he sell. When he took the Judas effect back, it was at Road Rage. When him and uh, Jericho were negotiating stuff. Like the whole Labors of Jericho thing. Like, um, it wasn't even that, like, effective of a Jewish effect, but he sold it so perfectly, like, he was legitimately knocked out. He sold it perfectly, and that was it right there. Wardlow was pissed, and he took full control. Powerbomb after powerbomb after powerbomb. Here comes referee Bryce Rensburg. Wardlow puts the chair. Puts the chair right in the middle of the ring. Powerbomb spears on it. One, two, three. Wardlow gets the win, and he's got his match. At double or nothing, it will be Mr. Mayhem Wardlow versus MJF. He's finally got it. He's finally got it. After all the hell Wardlow's been through right here, I mean, it's not over just yet. He's got to beat MJF now. He's got to beat MJF. Now you've got the match. After all the shit MJF has put him through, now he gets his shot. To stick it to him. And to be honest with this, this match right here doesn't affect MJF if he loses. It would affect Wardlow if he loses. Because if Wardlow loses, then it's like, okay, so now he can't sign a contract. So now he's stuck with MJF or he's fired. So you, you would bury yourself by doing that. So Wardlow's going to win this match. He's going to get his contract. And he's really going to get that monster push. That's what I see. And he deserves it. He absolutely deserves it. He absolutely deserves this monster push. He really does. He really, really does. And I'm happy for him. He's got this match against MJF. It's going to be a fun match to see. We know MJF's going to do his things right here. He's going to do his tactics. We know that for a fact. But I think Wardlow is definitely going to prevail. I honestly think he's going to really prevail. But then we came back from the uh, commercial break. We did see the Jericho Appreciation Society. No Hager. Well, Hager did come out later on when they made their entrance. But it was Garcia, Jericho, and 
2.0, and they saw a guy, they saw one of the uh, the crew members wearing a Moxley shirt, and Angel Parker, he grabbed, he, he pulled out like, what the fuck did he pull out right there? He pulled out like a small kind of knife in a way. Like, what, what do you call those things? Like, like a pocket knife. Yeah, it was a pocket knife. Because it's not a regular knife. It's like a pocket knife. I was like, whoa. And they started, you know, he was like fixing his hair. I was like, whoa. I thought he was going to like do something else to him. I was like, oh my goodness. But then Jericho threw a fireball at him. That was a better fireball that he did to the crew member than he did to Eddie Kingston last month. It was actually a lot better. It looked more, you know, real in a way. I'll throw a fireball at you because I'm a wizard. I swear, it shouldn't even be funny. It's so, it's so fucking cheesy. If anybody else on that roster said it, if, if like CM Punk said it, or if Hangman said it, we're going to get to that in just a second, or if like Danielson said it, or if fucking who else, um, if Kenny said it, it would sound so stupid. But with Jericho, he just makes those things work. You know, he did the whole thing with the list back in 2016 and the scarves. Like, it, it's amazing what he could put over. It, it really is. It, it really is amazing. It seriously is. But now we do get two Hangman and Page and CM Punk face to face right here. We get him face to face. And this was a pretty good segment, honestly. You know, I, I kind of thought this was going to be the main event of the show right here, but it was right here, right at the beginning after Wardlow versus Sean Spears. And this is a really good confrontation. It seriously was. Like, Hangman was really believable in this match. He was really believable for this match. He makes himself more believable. You know, it's CM Punk, he was very calm most of the way, saying, I don't know why you're taking this so personally, and you're so angry, it's only business. I'm getting my title shot right here. And that's it. I don't know why you're taking it so personally for, and all that shit. But Hangman was completely fired up, and he said, you know what I said? I was going to annihilate you and destroy you. I wasn't talking about double or nothing. I was talking about right here, when we're going to go face to face. Like, he's going to verbally destroy him on the mic. Because, yeah, in reality, we know Hangman's not going to destroy CM Punk at double or nothing. That'd be stupid anyway. That'd be stupid anyway. He's trying to cut, like, a pipe bomb that CM Punk did 11 years ago back in Vegas. You all remember the infamous pipe bomb in June of 2011 in Vegas on Monday Night Raw. I, I still remember to this day. And I remember when CM Punk got suspended the next day. I was like, oh, my God. We all, yeah, I mean, was it legitimate? I mean, I thought it was. I was like, oh, my God. He actually got suspended for what he said? Oh my god, that's when I started to like CM Punk. I was like, oh my god, like 10-year-old me was like, he got suspended for what he said right there? He's not allowed to speak his mind? Oh my god, that's when I think a lot of people started to like CM Punk a lot more. You know, but Hangman wasn't like cutting that kind of promo. Like, it almost seemed like he was going to cut like a pipe bomb kind of promo. But no, he was just like, I don't want to take a chance of getting fired or suspended, you know. It makes sense. Hangman's not going to do that. He said he wanted to, but he's like, you know what? No, I'm going to say this to you. And he said, I'm not going to be defending just my world title against you. I'm defending all elite wrestling against you. I'm like, oh. And to be honest, I didn't know how to feel about this match when it was first announced. But looking at it now, it's going to be good. It's seriously going to be good. It's going to be a fun match to watch. You know, CM Punk's main eventing a pay-per-view for the very first time since 2014 because he was in the Royal Rumble in 2014. That's the last time CM Punk was in a main event. The last time he was in a main event one-on-one against somebody, that would have to be against The Rock at the Elimination Chamber 2013. So it has been nine years since he's had a one-on-one match in a main event or pay-per-view, and it's been eight years since he was just in a main event. But you, you get what I'm trying to say. It's almost been a decade. So it is pretty cool when he's getting that world title shot. It's like, all right, here we go now. And listen, I know there's still a chance Hangman could retain. It would be something. It actually would be something if Hangman somehow retained. You have to be like, then who the hell is going to beat Hangman? Because you would think it's going to be CM Punk. Like, everybody thought it was going to be Danielson, but it was too early. 
it was too early. It was a great feud for him. It really elevated Hangman. And for a second, I thought Cole was maybe going to win, especially when he got his second title shot, but it was, it was on Rampage. I'm like, they're not going to turn the championship on, you know, Rampage. That doesn't make much sense. It was on Dynamite. I could see why, but Rampage, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, I could definitely, I still see CM Punk win this match. If Hangman wins, I will be extremely surprised. Like, it's like a 90-10 chance CM Punk's winning this match. It really is. It seriously is. But CM Punk, again, like he said, uh, again, I don't know why you're taking this so personally. Everything, like, you're so angry. You shouldn't be angry at me. You should be angry at yourself. And you will shake my hand after this match. Matter of fact, you're going to shake my hand right now. Hey, CM Punk put his hand out, and then he pushed Hangman, and then Hangman, boom, whacked him right in the face, took him down right there. And Hangman almost seemed like he regretted it, in a way. Because that's what he—that's what CM Punk wanted. He wanted Hangman to hit him. That's exactly what he wanted. I mean, these two are going to shake hands after the match double nothing. There's going to be respect there. CM Punk said he respects him. Hangman said he doesn't respect him. So there's going to be mutual respect after this match. And it's going to be a great main event. It's going to be a fun main event to watch. And overall, double nothing is going to be a good pay-per-view, honestly. The card, I didn't know what to think of it. You know, a couple weeks ago, I was like, there's not, many ma- there's not many matches announced, but now we got that stacked card. It's like, all right, here we go. Now we move. There we go. We're all set. Maybe another match or two gets announced, like tomorrow. I'm sure there will be another match that gets announced. But it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. I seriously, seriously, I'm looking forward to it. But now we get to the next match right here. We get to the next match right here. Between Private Party, Mark Quinn, Isaiah Cassidy versus John Moxley and Eddie Kingston. And we did see the JAS, the Jericho Appreciation Society, make their entrance. William Regal was on commentary as well. And right as the crowd was singing to Judas, Jericho actually cut it off. He said, nope, you guys are not singing to my song. You guys are not singing to my song. Just like last week. Now this week you guys are not singing. It's like damn, like they're really not letting people sing Judas. That's that's truly being, that's truly being heels right there. Like nope, you're not gonna sing my song. Like Jericho's had enough. I guess you could say he probably feels like the crowd doesn't appreciate him. Okay, I mean yeah, I get that. That makes a lot of sense, honestly. It makes sense. It seriously does. And it's funny though too, it is. And this tag team match right here was actually announced it was actually announced yesterday. Sometime during the day it was announced and it was a good tag team match. We haven't seen Private Party wrestle as a team, I think, since like a regular team since they wrestled the Hardy Boys back in um back to Patrick's Day Slam. I think that's the last time we saw Private Party wrestle as a regular team, not like in a you know, a multi man tag team match. And it was fun. It was actually a, a fun tag team match. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was good. I thought it was a good match. And especially the shit that Private Party does in the ring is just crazy, of course, like I've always mentioned. Jericho and Regal were great on commentary. Honestly, I'm really looking forward to this, you know, uh, arcade, I'm about to say arcade, anarchy in the arena match. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, thank God it's not going to be the whole stadium stampede thing. That's what I'm happy about, at least. I'm happy it's not going to be that kind of match. So, at least that's good. At least that's good. It's going to be, it's going to be a violent match, though. It absolutely is going to be. I'm looking forward to it. I really am looking forward to it. But anywho, it was a fun tag to match right between Private Party and Moxley and Kingston. And towards the end right here, you know, Private Party looked like they had a little bit of momentum. They tried to go for the silly string, and after they tried to do that, Moxley and Kingston completely took over. Completely took over after that. 
and Kingston was beating up on Mark Quinn, and Moxley was just fucking elbowing Cassidy like crazy, hitting with a paradigm shift. He was flipping off fucking the whole Jericho Appreciation Society. One, two, three. Moxley and Kingston get the win. That was the very first time. That was the very first time Moxley and Kingston have teamed up since, like, as a regular tag team, since uh, I believe Double or Nothing last year when they wrestled the Unbucks for the World Tag Team Titles. And I was legitimately, I was legitimately pissed when the Young Bucks retained. Like, I'm not even kidding. Because I wanted Moxie and Kingston to win the title so badly. I was so pissed when the Young Bucks retained. You don't know how pissed off I was. I was fuming. I was fuming after that shit. I was so fucking pissed off. I was so fucking pissed. Oh my gosh, but after the match right here... After the match right here, we saw the whole Jericho Appreciation Society go after Moxley and Kingston... And then here comes, uh, here comes Brian Danielson, Santana Ortiz, and it's just a whole brawl. And Danielson was getting his leg attacked, or, you know. And I actually liked the little interaction between him and Jericho. They were going at it. I need to see those two go at it one-on-one again in the future, please. I need to see those two go at it one-on-one. Especially the shape that Jericho is in right now. I need to see it one-on-one. One more time. That's all I need to see. That's all I want to see. Please. I need to see them go at it one more time, one-on-one. Just please give that to me. Give that to us. We need that shit. Please. But now we get to the next match right here for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Titles. FTR, the AAA World Tag Team Champions, and the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions defending their Ring of Honor Tag Team Titles against Repugni Vice, Trent Beretta, and Rocky Romero. And this was a really good tag team match. This was a really good tag team match. I like this match. Great CFTR back in action. First time we've seen them uh, team up in a while. So that's pretty cool. You know, they've made it known. They're the AAA World Tag Team Champions. Excuse me. They're the... A little bit of a botch right there. They're the AAA World Tag Team Champions. They're also the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Champions. They do want the AEW World Tag Team titles. But first, they want the IWGP World Tag Team Championships. And then I think after they get those tag team titles, then they're going to get the AEW World Tag Team titles. So they'll have four tag team titles around their waist. Now that would be... That would be fucking insane. That would seriously be insane. It actually would be. It really would be. Could you imagine that? Imagine having four tag team titles around your waist. Could you just imagine that? It's crazy. And it was pretty cool to see Repugnum Vice, you know, wrestle. You know, of course, I don't know much about them as a team other than they wrestle as a tag team in, I believe, Ring of Honor and Japan. So they have wrestled, I think, like a couple times as a tag team here in AEW. Um, I think didn't they wrestle the Bucks at one point? I believe they did. I think well, multiple points around the country they've wrestled the Bucks. But no, I like this match right here. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. You know, I don't want to sound like a broken record with Trent. It's just he could be doing so much more with the way that he looks. He does look like a badass. He just looks like a badass. He really does. I just feel like they could do so much more with him. They really could. Eh, but... It's whatever, though. It's whatever, though. But I like Rocky Romero. I like his style. I think he's a pretty damn good wrestler, in my honest opinion. 
I like what he does. I like what he does in the ring. And him and Trent, they held their own here against FTR. They absolutely held their own against FTR in this match. They really did. They gave it their all. They gave it their all. They did everything they could to try to take down FTR and win those Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. They came very close. They came very, very close. You know, for a majority of this match, they had control of FTR. They really had control of FTR. They hit their finisher on FTR and it didn't work. And they tried again. They tried something else. And Cash Wheel was able to break it up. You know, they did everything they could in this match to take down FTR. And it just wouldn't work. And after they tried that right there, the Cash Wheeler was able to push Romero onto Trent and Dax to break it up. We saw we saw the United Empire come out. Great Ocon and Jeff Cobb. I don't know who Ocon is. I've actually never heard of the United Empire. I mean, of course, I've heard of Jeff Cobb. I remember when he came in to wrestle Moxley back in February of 2020. When Moxley was going after the world title and, you know, Jericho brought in Cobb for a one-time appearance. Well, Jeff Cobb is back here at AEW. He's brought his partner, Ocon, the United Empire. And they wrecked the fucking place. They fucking went right after Pugby Vice and FTR. So the match ended in disqualification, so nobody wins. It was basically, you could say, a draw. You know, nobody wins. That's it right there. So there's no winner at all. It's a disqualification finish. It's a disqualification finish right there. And these guys, like I said, they they fucking wreaked havoc right here. They absolutely did. They absolutely destroyed these guys. Destroyed Pugni Vice, destroyed FTR. It was crazy. I like this guy, Okan, too. Like, him and Kyle, they're both both like the same size. Like, these guys could really destroy the tag team division. And they do wrestle in Japan... They do wrestle in Japan because I actually, when I was at the Yankee game last night, I saw, or coming back from the Yankee game, I saw, like, Jeff Cobb. I was like, I didn't know who the other guy was. Like, oh, wow, Jeff Cobb was back in AEW. I didn't even know he was in a tag, I didn't even know he was in a tag team, but now you get to learn something new every day right there. But this guy, Okan, looks pretty good. He looks pretty good, honestly. And, again, they just wreaked havoc. They fucking destroyed everybody. They were destroying everybody in plain sight. I like Jeff Cobb's finisher, too. That was really cool. And Dax got put through a table. Trent got put through a table. And then Jeff Cobb and Ocon, they raised up the Ring of Honor World Tag Team title. So we know what they want. You know, once Japan got mentioned, now you get a taste of Japan right there. I don't believe... I don't know if they're the... Let me see. Who is the IWGP World Tag Titles? I swear if it's Ocon and fucking Cobb, I'm going to feel really stupid. You know, oh my gosh, let me take a look. Because I don't know much about that, obviously. Let's see. The current World Tag Team Champions are... Bad Luck Fail. I don't know who that is, actually. He's part of the Bullet Club. And Chase Owens. Does he look familiar to me? No, he does not. So... So, Bad Luck Fail and Chase Owens are the current IWGP World Tag Team Champions. So, we might be seeing them appear sometime in AEW. Probably Forbidden Door to face FTR. And that makes sense. That makes sense right there. I'm like, alright, well, that should be good. That should be very, very good. So, it looks like that New Japan Pro Wrestling invasion is about to start. It's just getting started right here. It's only the beginning. Only the beginning right here. And it's going to be beautiful. It's going to be absolutely beautiful to see. We'll see who else comes in now from New Japan Pro Wrestling. We'll see who else comes in now. It's only the beginning. It's only the beginning right here. 
But now we get to my favorite match of the night. A triple threat match between Swerve Strickland, the FTW World Champion Ricky Starks, and one half of the AEW World Tag Team Champions, Jungle Boy. This match was exciting from start to finish. Like I did say last week, it should have been the main event. And I probably would feel strongly saying it should have main evented last night, but it was my favorite match of the night. I really enjoyed it. And Swerve Strickland, I swear to God, man, this man is unbelievable in the ring. He absolutely is. He's unbelievable in the ring. Like, I see, I could potentially see him being a world champion in AEW. Because, you know, when he came in, I thought, oh, he could be a really good TNT champion. But seeing what he's done his first two months here, or his first three months here in AEW, I think, honestly, he could be a future world champion. I would put the, I would put the belt on him in, in, the, in the, uh, the near future. I'm actually not even kidding. Because he is so damn talented. He could talk as well. I think he's a total package. I honestly think he is the total package. I really think he is. Like, I would have to say, I think you put the belt on him in the future. I really believe that, honestly. I actually believe you could put the world title on him. And I think the same thing for Jungle Boy and Ricky Stars. Well, Jungle Boy, I think we already knew. We've known that for quite a long time. Jungle Boy is going to be future world champion. I think for a little while now, Ricky Starks, I mean, come on. Come on, you'd have to put it on Ricky in the future. But now seeing Swerve and what he was doing in the ring right here, like I said, he's a really good character as well. He can speak. You know, he is that total package right there. He is absolutely that total package. Like, I would love to see him go after the world title. Like, when CM Punk wins the world title, I honestly want to see... I really want to see him and Swerve go at it. I really, really do. I seriously want to see it. I really, really want to see it. And I think we will see it. I think we will see it pretty soon. Like we won't. I don't think we'll see him win the world title soon. But I think he'll get a world. I think he'll get a world title shot soon, and he absolutely should. I think he absolutely should. But this match was so, like, fast-paced. A lot of offense in this match right here. Ricky was doing his shenanigans. Jungle Boy and Swerve, they were fucking going at it. It's going to be a fun three-way tag team match at Double Nothing. I have this, like, weird feeling. We might see new world tag team champions. I don't think it's going to be Swerve and Lee because they just became a tag team. They just became a tag team. I think that would be rushing it. I mean, it absolutely would be rushing it. I, I have a feeling Starks and Hobbs are going to win the belts this Sunday. I honestly have that feeling that Starks and Hobbs are going to win. That's the honest feeling I have right here. I think Starks and Hobbs are going to win the World Tag Team titles this Sunday. And I hope they do. They've, been a tag, they've wrestled as a tag team for quite a while. I'd say do it. I'd say do it right there. And you could say, you know, well, then when FTR wins the tag titles, they could beat Hobbs and Starks. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. That would be so fun to see. That would be so fun to see. I mean, come on. You guys wouldn't want to see that match. I would love to see that match. FTR versus Hobbs and Starks. I want that. I think we need that. So please give that to us. <clears throat> That's what I want to see. That's honestly what I really want to see. But oh man, this match, it was like, it was so hard to determine who was going to win this match. It really was. I love that fucking spot when fucking, um, I think Swerve had Jungle Boy up um, on his shoulders and Stark speared him. I was like, holy shit. And it did look like Starks was going to win because I think he uh, he did a low blow swerve. He raked the eyes. Like, he went after his eyes. And he hit him with the Rochambeau. 
waiting for the pin. Then Jungle Boy, <coughs> excuse me, Jungle Boy broke it up. And I was like, all right, this match is going to continue. And fucking Jungle Boy and Ricky were going at it. And then Swerve got involved, took out Jungle Boy. Went after Ricky, took him down, flew right on him. One, two, three, and Swerve Strickland gets the win in this match. I was like, oh my gosh. I was happy for Swerve. I was seriously happy for Swerve. I didn't expect him to win this match, honestly. I honestly didn't expect Swerve to win this match, but I was happy for him. I was really happy that he won this match. He deserved to win. You know, part of me does want him and Lee to win the belts on Sunday, but it's just too early. They just became a tag team. It's not like they've been in AEW for like almost a year. Okay, fine. Starks and Hobbs have been a team. They've been in Team Taz together for almost three years. Since late 2020. Or it's like, oh, like two years then. So they've been together for a while at least. So it would make more sense for Hobbs and uh, Starks to win. That's honestly what I feel. And I, I think they're going to win. I honestly think they're going to win on Sunday. But we'll see. Though. I hope that I'm right. Like, it's nothing against Jurassic Express. But I think it's perfect for Jurassic, for, excuse me, for Jurassic Express to lose. Because then Christian Cage could turn heel. On Jungle Boy. And on Luke Stars as well. But of course that big money feud. Is Jungle Boy and Christian Cage for All Out. That's the money match. That is the money match that's really going to put Jungle Boy on top. He gets to beat a veteran like Christian Cage. That's huge. He gets to beat a future Hall of Famer. He's right in the TNA Hall of Fame. He gets to beat a future WWE Hall of Famer Christian Cage. One of the greatest wrestlers. Most underrated wrestlers of all time. That's huge right there for him. That really puts him on the map. It absolutely does. It helps him out so much. It really, really does. That's what I feel. But after the match, right, we saw Powerhouse Hobbs attack Swerve Strickland. Took him down, and then here comes Luchasaurus. Him and Powerhouse Hobbs are going at it a little bit. And then Keith Lee came out, and he took both of them out. And when they were both outside the ring, he flew right on. I was like, holy shit. Seeing this man do that type of shit is insane. It really is. So Swerve and Lee, they have the upper hand right now. But I think, I still think Starks and Hobbs are going to win this Sunday. I think that's the right choice. I honestly think that's the right choice, and we'll definitely see what happens. We shall definitely see what happens now. We did see the AEW Women's World Champion Thunder Rosa came, um, come out, and I was reading like comments on Facebook and Twitter saying that this promo was bad from Thunder Rosa. I mean, honestly, it wasn't... Again, it comes down to Serena Deep's promo last week. It wasn't the best, but it also wasn't the worst. I feel like this promo from Thunder... She actually sounded a little bit better than Serena did last week. Because, like, Serena was kind of, like, in circles with her promo last week. I feel like Thunder Rosa here was a little bit... was a little bit better, honestly, I would have to say. That's what I have to say right here. And... Um... Yeah, you know, she didn't have the war paint on. She was no face paint at all. We just saw her regular face. And she was telling Serena, look at her, you know, the war paint is going to come on this Sunday at Double or Nothing. She used to look up to Serena, but no longer. It's like there's, like, no respect there now. There used to be respect, but now, and, you know, not so much. Not so much respect right there. 
And that makes sense after what's been going on between these two. It absolutely makes sense. There's just no... doesn't feel like there's any mutual respect now. It really doesn't. And I think this match is going to be a really good match at Double or Nothing between Thunder and Sweeney. Like, the, the feud, honestly, like... The feud that they've had, it hasn't been... It comes out of the promos. Not the best, but not the worst. It's been very average, above average. Maybe even a little bit below average, I would have to say. It's like, this feud hasn't got me as hyped up like the match I'm hyped up for. But, like, the build-up has not been strong. The build-up has been pretty weak. I mean, Deeb has been strong, honestly, when she beat Cheetah in the Philadelphia Street Fight to become the number one ranked women's wrestler in AEW. But it's just been the build-up when they've talked. It's just like, eh. Just hearing them speak, it's like, it's kind of like, meh. That's just honestly what it is. You, you know what I mean? It's just been... Build up, I feel like it's just been a little bit weak. Nah, that's being. It's just been weak, honestly. That's just what I feel. That's just honestly what I feel. Build up has been weak. I'm not gonna say a little bit. It's it's been extremely weak. But the match itself, we know the match itself is going to deliver. They had a really good match for the NWA Women's World title back in, I believe it was November. I believe it was November of 2020. And I think they're going to put on another good match here. I think it'll be better, honestly. It'll be more people. There won't be just like a thousand people. There'll be thousands of people instead of just a thousand. But now we get to the next match right here in an Owen Hart Foundation tournament match on the women's side. In the semifinals, we have Dr. Britt Baker versus Tony Storm. And whoever wins this match will face, will face the winner of tomorrow's match of Double or Nothing. And we know tomorrow will be Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. And this match between Britt and Tony, the buildup for this match was so good. Especially after Tony beat Jamie Hayter back on Long Island. Like, I was so hyped up for this match. But the match, it didn't deliver. It was a meh match. It was an average match. It was pretty sloppy at times. There were some cool spots in this match. But overall, it was pretty sloppy. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to sit back and lie and sugarcoat the match at all. It was pretty sloppy. And the finish was bad. The finish was pretty bad. Like, it was a heelish type of finish, but it could have been better. It could have honestly been better. And I, I was saying from the start, it should have been Britt Baker versus Tony Storm in the finals. Because that's a money match. And even last night, going to this match, it was a money match. You know, it was Tony Storm. We know how great she is. And we know how great Britt Baker is. She was a great women's world champion for 10 months. Tony Storm is a great wrestler. You know, it's a money match, but it belonged on pay per view. It honestly belonged on pay per view. I'm, I'm still like, you know, scratching my head at why this match wasn't, you know, booked for double or nothing, or why the brackets were booked a little bit differently. I guess you could say plans have changed. Maybe the plan was never to have this match happen at double or nothing. But yeah, it was a sloppy match. Like Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. That match was really good two weeks ago on Long Island. It's not because I was there. It's just the match was really good. The crowd was into it. It was you know well received by a lot of people. They really liked it. I liked it. I should say I liked it. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. That was probably Jamie's best match in AEW. I'd say the same for Tony as well, even though she's only wrestled a few matches. But I'm sorry to say, like, this match with Britt Baker, it was really sloppy. It was a really sloppy match. I just didn't like it. It had its moments, but it's almost like... Because then Jamie Hayter came out, and I was like, why is she coming out for? I mean, I get, yeah, she lost to Tony two weeks ago, but it's like... Why does Britt need her for, honestly? Britt doesn't need her to come out. You know, Britt was able to beat 
I forgot who she beat. It was Robin Renegade in hometown of Pittsburgh to get into the tournament. She beat Maki Ito last week. She beat them by herself. You know, I was thinking, okay, maybe she could beat Tony Storm by herself. Like, does she really need Jamie to come out and help her? But she came out and tried to distract Tony Storm. Tony Storm was able to take her down. She was on the ring apron. She punched her and she fell down. Britt tried to take control. And then she went for like a weird kind of pin. And she was on the ropes. And, and uh, not Tony. Uh, Jamie was holding on to Britt's hand on the ropes. The referee didn't see it. One, two, three. And Britt Baker got the win. So Britt Baker is, excuse me, she is going to the finals here in the Owen Hart Foundation Tournament. And she'll face the winner. And she will face the winner of Ruby Soho and Chris Statlander. And let's just talk about it right here. Let's just talk about it. Honestly... Like I said, this match could have been done so much better. Again, it really should have been the finals. It really should have been the finals for double or nothing. It really should have. It seriously, seriously should have. But again, it's just this match was extremely sloppy. The finish was so bad. I mean, the crowd was into it in this match, right? Before the match even started, the crowd was loud. Towards the end, it was like, what the fuck? They could have done so much better right there. I guess you could say, oh, well, Tony lost in a dirty way. Britt didn't beat her clean. It does, yeah, does it really hurt Tony in a way? No, because she didn't lose clean. If Britt would have just pinned her clean, okay, yeah, it does bury her. But okay, you know. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. It just it could have been done better. It seriously could have been done better. I mean, again, Tony doesn't lose. She didn't lose in a clean way. It was a dirty, was a dirty way she lost, but it could have been better. But now Britt Baker is moving on to the files, and she'll face the winner of Statlander and Soho tomorrow. And I'll make a prediction. I think whoever wins between Soho and Statlander, either one of those two, they'll beat Britt at double or nothing. It seems like we could get the redemption match between Soho and... Um, Britt Baker, which makes sense, but hey, if you want to give Statlander a shot, and she wins the tournament, that's even, that's, I guess, even better, you could say. So Statlander can get her moment, that's true. She can give redemption against Britt, too, because Britt beat her to retain the world title, women's world title, at all out. So there you go. Somebody's going to get a shot of redemption. Somebody's going to get a shot of redemption right here. Let's see what happens. But now we get to the main event of the evening right here in another Owen Hart Foundation tournament match. On the men's side of the semifinals, the Ring of Honor World Television Champion Samoa Joe versus Kyle O'Reilly. The winner will face Adam Cole, baby, this Sunday at Double Nothing. And this was an amazing match right here. It wasn't my favorite. Obviously, Triple Threat match was my favorite match, but this match was amazing. It actually was. A little bit surprised it was the main event, but these two guys, they knocked it out of the ballpark. They honestly knocked it out of the ballpark. I really liked it. Like, O'Reilly in the main event. Such a good, underrated technical wrestler. He really is. Like, he doesn't go in the ring and try to look fancy and try to do all the acrobatic moves. Like, he goes in there, and he's a technical wrestler. He seriously is a technical wrestler. Samoa Joe. Uh, we all know who Samoa Joe is. We Come on. Nothing more I need to say right there. We know Samoa Joe is fucking great. Obviously. He's one of the best to ever do it. 
And that's just a fact. And, again, I feel like these two really knocked out of the ballpark in this match. They absolutely did. It was awesome. It was just an awesome main event. And, for, and I really legit thought it was going to be O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. But I was actually proven wrong right here. I was actually proven wrong. I really thought that was going to be the match. I really thought we were going to get O'Reilly versus Cole. But I'm thinking, like, you have to think, okay, we know Joe's shoulders bothered him after what Jay Lethal and Sanjay did to him the week before. But it's like, it's like if O'Reilly beats him in the main event clean, it's like, that does hurt Joe in a way. It's like, yeah, so Joe definitely needs to win this match if you want to think about it. Like, I actually really wanted O'Reilly versus Cole. But you have to think about, okay, if Joe loses clean to O'Reilly, then that hurts him. If he loses dirty, kind of like the same with Tony Storm, it doesn't hurt as much. It's still a loss, but it's like, okay, they weren't beat in a clean way. But you get my point on that one. But no, these two had a really good main event right here. It was awesome. You know... Kyle O'Reilly did everything he could against Samoa Joe. For a smaller guy right there against a bigger guy in Samoa Joe. You know, a big heavy set guy like Joe. He did everything he could. He did everything he could against him. But it wasn't enough. He tried to get him in that uh in that cross arm breaker. Didn't work. Joe was just able to fight out of it. Joe just kept on fighting. Tried to go for it again, and Samoa Joe got him in the Coquina clutch. And O'Reilly, he was fighting like crazy. He was like trying to hold on to Joe's arm so he can get loose and try to you know injure him more. Didn't work. Didn't work right there, buddy. O'Reilly passes out. Samoa Joe gets the win, and it'll be Samoa Joe versus Adam Cole, baby, in the finals at double or nothing in the Owen Hart Foundation tournament. Here comes Adam Cole. Adam Cole came out after the match. You know, he did the whole Adam Cole, baby. He's just he stood in the entrance ramp. He didn't get didn't get in the ring. Didn't go after Joe. Didn't confront him. Nobody attacked Joe from behind. That's the match right there. It's unfinished business. These two have unfinished business from NXT last year, but now here we go. Now we're getting the match. I didn't think we were gonna get this match in this tournament. It didn't really ever cross my mind, honestly. You know, I thought Cole versus O'Reilly. That's what I thought the match was gonna be, but nope. We're getting Cole versus Joe. Oh, man, that is going to be something to see. You're going to see a lot of Ring of Honor vibes in this match. Oh, it's going to be fun. It's going to be really, really fun. So now coming up on Rampage right here tomorrow night, Scorpio Sky will get a new TNT title. So we'll see how that belt looks. The Young Bucks will be in action. We don't know who they're facing yet. In an Owen Hart Foundation semifinals match on the women's side, it'll be Chris Statlander versus Ruby Soho. The winner will face Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, in the finals of double nothing. And we have Brian Danielson versus Matt Seidel. Potentially the main event, so we'll definitely see. Looking forward to Rampage tomorrow. Looking forward to double nothing on Sunday. All right, guys. I hope you guys enjoy this episode right here. Enjoy the rest of your day. The next time I'll talk to you guys will be on Saturday morning to review Rampage and make my double or nothing predictions. Talk to you guys on Saturday.